You are listening to the Compliance Conversations podcast by Healthicity. If you work in the healthcare industry, you know how crucial compliance is to your bottom line, your reputation, and the success of your organization as a whole. If this is your first time listening, welcome. A transcript of every Compliance Conversations episode can be found at www.healthicity.com resources, along with a ton of other thought leadership materials. You can add us to your RSS feed and iTunes, or follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Compliance Conversations. I'm CJ Wolf, the Senior Executive Compliance Executive at Healthicity, and today I have a wonderful guest, Dr. Ira Spector. Doctor, welcome. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's, uh, it's always nice talking with you. Glad that you're here. Now, uh, for our listeners, Dr. Spector is a physician, uh, many, many years practicing physician, but he's also a certified coder and a certified medical auditor. And we, we chatted uh, a few times, and I just thought, man, this would be great if we could get Dr. Spector on the phone um, and on our podcast, because I think he's got a lot of unique um, perspectives and experience. And so thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Also, you know, it's, it's, it's important that I spent, I spent a good uh, 25, 30 years in the trenches being patients, taking care of patients, uh, being up at night, I was obstetrics and gynecology, and uh, then for 15 years at the uh, the last 15 years of my practice, I we ran a uh, large medical management company where we had over 65 uh, physicians in all specialties, where we did their billing collection, their coding, uh, compliance. Uh, we uh, gave them ICD-10 courses. And uh, basically, so I've had experience at both ends, yeah. which makes it a little uh, unique, especially when I get to review uh, uh, clients, uh, physicians who have been audited by, the, uh, by Medicare or an insurance company. It really gives me a little different perspective. Yeah, that's what, you know, that was, Ira, that's really what caught my attention when we were speaking originally is that you, you know, you, you kind of have two careers almost. You had this, this amazing career as a, as a practicing physician. And then you, you did for others what, what you were doing for yourself and trying to help others manage that whole, uh, you know, medical maze, if I can say that, of, of coding, billing, you know, office management and all of that. And like you said now, you know, either rebuttal audits and those sorts of things when, when people say that the doctors haven't coded right or haven't provided services correctly. So absolutely, that is such a great background. You know, and with, with that kind of in our minds, you know, you are a physician. You're often reviewing coding and documentation of other physicians. You know, in, in a general sense, I know there can be specifics, but in a general sense, what would you say is the biggest area for improvement that you've noticed, um, if you know, if you could talk to all physicians at once, and there was like one or two major general areas for improvement, what would you say in their coding and documentation? Okay. Well, let, let me let me start by saying, by and large, most physicians are undercoded. Yes. Okay. If you look at what physicians do, if you take the amount of work a physician puts in. To seeing a patient, I'm, I'm sure there are, there are exceptions. Sure. But most of the time, 
physicians want to take good care of the patients. So they put the time in, they put the effort, uh, they put all their education behind it, okay? Yep. So the level of care is usually very high. That's right. Now, what happens is their level of documentation tends to be lower. Right. Okay? They don't document or put down what they actually had to go through, what they had to think about, what they had to consider when they took care of this patient. So that doesn't go into the visit. Right. Then what happens is either they have a computer programming doing coding, which invariably doesn't do it right, either overcodes or undercodes. Yes. Or they have a coder who has to go to what they wrote down and decide with medical necessity as the background what the code should be. And I've gone into practices where they, the coders were told, don't code anything above a three. Right. <laughs> they well, sell, the docs sell that, themselves that, short. Right. They're just, it's just cutting off their legs. Yes. And, and it's, it's bad. Now, when you think about it, that is, that is happening. There's much more undercoding than overcoding. Yeah. So what happens is if you look at the Medicare, you know the Medicare bell curve? That's right. With 99s, 212s, 213s, 214s, 215s. Yes. You know, they, they, they compare physicians that bell curve. The problem is the data that went into the bell curve is probably a lot, a lot of undercoding. Yeah. And, and, and people don't realize they take that curve as what the norm should be. And I don't really think it is. Right. Do I have absolute proof? No. But in, but your, you know, in, in your experience of looking at and working with clients, would you say that, uh, and again, this is general, that a lot of their level threes should be fours, a lot of their twos should be threes? I mean, what would you say are some of those specific um, areas that you, you see? Okay, Okay, when, when I, when the, the most, most important thing, uh, what, I, what we learned running a management company, our job got much, much easier when we gave the physicians a course on coding and documentation. Yeah. Okay? I believe it. <laughs> it, 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 it is. So what happens usually, especially most of them are on EHRs now, Right. So they they every they plug in, or it's copied over, it's cloned, the reviewer system, right. the same thing from the previous visits without updating, or noting that it was updated, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. And 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 the, then they 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 write some stuff, but they don't go through, especially on the decision making, what went through their mind, what they had to consider. Okay. In taking care of this patient. Yeah. When, when, I, when, when, when I talk about to any physician, I don't care if it's a dermatologist, a surgeon, uh, uh, even an ophthalmologist, especially primary care. Yep. You get a new patient, okay? If you don't do, if, if, if you're a dermatologist and you don't do a head-to-toe, a, head a general uh, review of systems and a head-to-toe examination, on a new patient, you're remiss. Yes. I don't care what kind of doctor you. We all learned in medical school how to do an examination. That's right. 
Okay? If you have a new patient, no matter what your specialty is, if you're GI, you have to do a complete history. You have to do a head-to-toe physical. As a gynecologist, I picked up thyroid tumors. Yes. Thyroid cancers. I mean, it, it's really important it, it exam, it, to examine the whole patient. That's right. So, so new patient visits, the history and physical should by and large be a comprehensive, initial comprehensive on every new patient you see. Unless, unless you're in a, a, a walk-in clinic or someplace where you can take care of a hangnail or something. Yes, yes. I mean, you still have, you still have to know the patient's diabetic, if, he, if the patient has allergies, etc. That's right. Or what medication. I mean, there's certain things that you have to do. So a big mistake the, the doctors make is that they don't do this on the initial. Okay. 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 On revisits, when the patients come back for other problems, the two biggest opas is not putting in the in in the reason for coming in, the true medical necessity. Okay. And I I I, I like to talk about uh, to my to my the physicians that I counsel and teach, give teaching sessions to, sometimes in groups, sometimes one in one, one on one is what I call, by the way. Okay? <laughs> by the way? And I, by the way. All right. It's, I call it by the, by the way. All right. Okay? And what, what by the way is, is when a patient comes in, say you're a primary care patient coming in for her annual physical, not the annual Medicare wellness. Right. An annual physical. Okay. Right. There is a difference. That's right. And most physicians don't understand that. Okay. And they they have uh, they have uh, they come in and say for their physical and they have high blood pressure. Right. So they put down high blood pressure, and halfway through the exam, the the, the patient goes, "Oh, by the way, doc, <laughs> I have this." All right. Right. Now, if say if the patient's coming in, say during a global period of the surgery, or to check up on another item where it's a, it's a revisit, not a new problem, and they add something, that's a separate, that's a separate incident. That's right. And that, that, has, to be put, that has to be put down. So it's, it's got to go into the uh, HPI and into the, into the um, reason for what they, why they come in. And it says, in addition, the patient also complains of. That's right. And, and describe it. Now this is another right. This has nothing to do with why they came into the visit for a blood pressure check or something else. Yeah. I like the way you call okay. it, uh, by the way. That's a, good way. that's a good way for physicians to remember. Well, that's, that happens all the time. That's what happens. Yeah. By the way, doc, while I'm here, can you check? Exactly. Right? That's right. And, and that, is a, that is a separate... And you can use a 25 modifier. That's right. And you can you can actually bill for it. Now, that's another thing. I always told my physicians, you bill for what you do. You don't bill for what the insurance companies will pay. That's right. Okay? They're so two different if, things. Yeah. On, on, right. Totally different. So if you do something, bill it. Even if you know the, this particular insurance company that this patient has doesn't pay it. That's right. But for a number of reasons. One, you need to be consistent. You can't cherry pick. That's right. That, that can be considered illegal. Right. 
secondly, you never know when they will stop paying it. That's right. So I always tell the physicians, you bill what you do. Well, and okay? plus you don't, I mean, you might think you know who the patient has for insurance, but they might be in between jobs. They might have to apply for Medicaid. I mean, you don't really know when you're, and you shouldn't really be focused on what type of insurance they have. Like you said, you should kind of treat all patients the same, bill it, and then you, you kind of let the, the reimbursement thing fall out on its own. Right, exactly. If you have to do a little bit more write-offs because they don't pay, that's, that's fine. But you, gotta, you, you, you need to do that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that, that's very important. The other big thing that physicians do they don't, if they, if they bring in, say, the allergies, or they bring in uh, on a, uh, uh, from a previous, from, well, it's in, in the EHRs, in the electronic medical records, right. the allergies are already there. Right. Okay? The past history is there. That's right. What, what needs to be done, you just can't bring it in. What you have to do, you have to say the, the past medical history, allergies, and social history was reviewed and updated. Yes. Okay. Now, if you say the allergies were reviewed and updated and there was no change, you don't have to include that in your note. That's right. You don't have to bring that in. So, phone. Okay? That's right. But you need to say that. All right? Because I don't care what the, what the medical necessity is. If you don't check a patient's allergies when they come in, you're remiss. That's exactly right. Because if they have something I mean, and you didn't ask about it, you're in trouble. Right. But this, this, this shows that you are doing it. That's right. The, the, next biggest, the next really biggest thing is in the medical decision-making. Okay. Now, when, when a physician sits in front of the patient, now, you know that if you have a Medicare population or any a population that's over 40, 50, right. Medicare... If it's over, they're over 65, you know that 70, 80% have more than two medical, chronic medical conditions. That's right. <laughs> All right? They, they have it, okay? Now, when, when you're decision, doing decision-making, you're, you're, you're reviewing their, their medical history, you're reviewing their social history, you're reviewing the medications, you're, you're reviewing what happened previously, you may be reviewing lab material. Yep. You, 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 you know, you take, you take a, a look at their... Uh, what they call their uh, main screen or their dashboard, whatever the yeah. EMR calls it. That's right. And you're looking at the surgeries they had. Look, now, all this is, is review of information, but the, but the doctors don't put it down. Yeah. Okay? And when you do m medical decision-making, okay, not only is the number of diagnoses important, the, the severity of the diagnoses, but also the amount of material that you have to review. Now, a lot of this is almost instantaneous in the doctor's mind. That's right. That's why they don't but put it down because it becomes second nature for them. Right, exactly. Exactly. And, and, that's, and that's a big mistake. It doesn't take a lot to do this. All it does is take a sentence in the, in, in the, the summary, the medical decision-making, portion saying 
that this the, one sentence. This is all reviewed on this patient. Yeah, and these are and this and then this is what we're going to do. These are the lab tests we're going to order. Okay, and 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 what and basically what you're looking for, and this all ties back to the to the medical to, to medical necessity. Right now, one of the biggest things I found, unfortunately, I've in when insurance companies. Uh, review doctor's visits. Well, let, let's, let's start back. Let's, let's go back a step. Doctor gets a request for 30 charts, 30 right. visits, right. not charts. Yep. 30 visits, all That's right? That's right. That's right. Uh, right? Okay, so what the usual doctor does is say, gives it to the secretary, says, here, pull these visits, copy them, and send them. Right. First, first big mistake. <laughs> They forget a lot of that superficial or that that peripheral information sometimes. Well, what happens is there's there's no rule that says all the information, okay, has to be in one place on the chart. That's exactly right. It has to be in the medical record. Exactly. So when the secretary just copies the the portion from that day without the other information. Yeah. that was mentioned or used, or, you know, there may be a, a allergy list on the back of the chart. That's you right. Could, you know, if they're on a paper chart. So what happens is they don't send in the right information. And then, of course, they get a, uh, a horror, I want $300,000 back. <laughs> so you can't do it. So the first thing the doctor has to do is when they get that is have the nurse, have the secretary pull the patient's chart or or. If it's uh, if it's an electronic, you know, have it pulled up for the doctor so the doctor can review. Yes. Okay. No, nothing should go out of the office before the doctor reviews it. That's right. Okay. The doctor needs to review it. Make sure that all the information that he considered considered for the care of that patient during that visit goes along with it. That's right. Whether it's a it, it, whether it's a laser log. Uh, on ablation of lesions or what, whatever was associated with that visit, go with it because that'll that'll solve half the problem. Yeah, because that, that usually what will happen they'll they'll deny they'll deny everything. That's right, and that okay? half of the supporting documentation is in that other material that you're talking about. Right, exactly. the uh, the other The other thing that uh, I came across is that. I've had doctors actually recode the visits and send it back with the documentation. Uh-huh. And you can't do that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. Right. All right. Then what I usually suggest when, when, if, when they get the, the, the letter back with a list of the downcoding and the extrapolation of what this doctor owes, I think the last one was like 160,000 I had. And this was a primary care. They wanted 160,000. Was it a commercial insurer? And yeah. Okay. Commercial. All right. Okay. And it was interesting because this commercial insurer didn't even have a code to review it. Oh, they really? They had a nurse review it. Okay. Yeah, the that's nurse a, was not a code. That's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's a problem. So, so basically, uh, there were there were about how many charts? Oh, 
There were about 50 visits. Okay. All right. Uh, I got all the information. We had to pull the visits. There were a lot of uh, laser logs that weren't included. Okay. A lot of information wasn't. I, I recoded it. And what I did, I divided it into four categories. Okay. Okay. I divided it into four categories. The first category was where the insurance company, the doctor, and myself all agreed on the code was correct. Okay. So everybody agreed. Everybody yep. happy. That was about I think, 10 out of the 40 or 50. Okay. The next group was interesting is that the, I agreed with the, with the insurance company okay. that the doctor overcoded this based on medical necessity okay. and other things. So about, about 10, 12 charts that I'm a consultant. I have, I have a reputation. I have to be honest, and, and in a way, it actually helps yes. get this done, That's all right. right? That's right. So there were about 12 charts that I said to the insurance company, I sent it in the list. I said, these 12 charts, here's my, here's my data. I agree with you. Okay. Doctor overcoded by this much on each one. Okay. So that was the second, that was the second group. The, the third group, okay, is where... I agreed with the physician and not the insurance company. And this group was interesting because this insurance company, the medical necessity on those charts, there were about 15 charts, was all there. Okay. The documentation was all there for the code. And this was, these were four, mostly four codes. What, the, what they, they downcoded on was what, because the doctor had indicated nine instead of 10 review assistants. Oh, <laughs> that's the only reason. Okay. Based on medical necessity, this was a high level. Okay. Okay. And, and I, I, I said, I disagreed with this. I said, you can't do that. Based on medical necessity, the guidelines, the 95 or the 97 guidelines are guidelines. They're not rules. Right. They're guidelines. Right. It's based on medical necessity. And I say, this is absolutely wrong and unfair. Yep. That was the third group. Okay. The fourth group is where I didn't agree with anybody. <laughs> Most of that group, there were about eight, eight, nine charts in there. The doctor and the insurance company undercoded it based on medical necessity. Oh, interesting. The high level. Okay. Yeah. So I, and then in my son, what I did in my summary, I said, listen, this, uh, in, my, in my opinion, as a physician, uh, a coder, and an auditor, this, you have a physician here in your, in your uh, uh, palate in, in your, on, your, on your insurance company that sees your patients. This is Medicaid and Medicaid managed care. All right. Who's giving absolutely superior care to your patients. If you look at what we did here, it's a wash. Yeah. And it's, it's a, a lot, of, it's a lot of time, though, and energy spent on that wash, isn't it? Right. Well, the the, the the people get paid probably in what they collect. Yes. You know, the, the, a lot of the rack orders. This happens to be in, in-house insurance. I see. So, okay. But I said, I said, you don't want to lose this guy. I, if anything, you owe him a few dollars. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I said, I, I am going to give this a physician. We're going to sit down. and We're going to spend a few hours going over documentation and code. Okay. And he'll be glad to have you review 
again, some of his work, but I think you'll find you have an excellent, excellent physician here. And the, the, the insurance company dropped the hold. That's a great, that's a great story. Um, we're, we're kind of coming towards the end of our, uh, our time together. You obviously have a lot of interesting um, examples of how these docs are uh, potentially losing out. And I really appreciate this last uh, example of, of how it ends up being a wash. Uh, do you have any last minute kind of comments or thoughts on, on this topic yeah, well, as we yeah. get ready to wrap it up? No, not comments. Uh, I'll say it again. The most important thing is to teach physicians coding and documentation, giving them a basic course. It'll, it'll solve a million problems going forward. The other thing that we really need to have a little uh, talk on in the future is billing based on time. A lot of physicians will sit and spend an hour with the patient taking care of a myriad of problems, and they end up billing a two or a three. And this is unfair. Yeah. And I think this is something that we really need to talk about. I think that's a great a great point, and, and maybe that's a topic for an, another day. But I agree with you. I have met with, and I think it's probably true for a lot of physicians, the, especially the longer they're in practice, their practice becomes more and more um, uh, supportive, and, and you're you know you're explaining. Uh, the the risks and this and that and so you might not might not be doing history and medical decision making but you sure are doing a lot of um, advising and counseling and coordinating care which is that element of of time um, so I, and you and you can and you can bill on it that's exactly and right no and and it's and it's perfectly legitimate you're giving the care you, a doctor who gives the care needs to get paid for the care that's exactly right. Um, Dr. Spector, thank you so much for your, your time and your examples. And obviously, there's, there's, a, there's a vast amount of uh, scenarios and examples we could discuss. Uh, we appreciate your, your expertise and, and your experience in this area. Thank you. It was a pleasure being on your podcast. And uh, I look forward to us talking again. Excellent. Well, everybody, um, thank you for listening to another episode of Compliance Conversations. Uh, until next time, happy compliance. Compliance Conversations is sponsored by Healthicity. Healthicity designs software and services that simplify compliance and auditing challenges that reduce your risk and save you money. Where others see complexity, we see simplicity. For more information, visit healthicity.com.